Shut up and sit down. How we doing? Uh, Got to work on that fade out music. Uh, welcome to the podcast, episode four of the Quiet Part Loud. I'm your host, Daryl. Uh, thanks for thanks for joining us again. If you are uh, looking forward to another uh, another show with you guys, first show post Christmas. So gonna get right into it. I hope you guys all had a good holiday festival, festive, whatever the festive time with your family. Hope you guys all had a good Christmas. Let's put it that way. Uh, way too long on that one. Thanks very much. Uh, wh- what are you doing, Okina? You want to come up? Um, so I'm finishing out my Christmas holidays at home uh, where we spent Christmas this year. It was myself and my wife, Andrea, and the the puppies. Um it was a really nice Christmas. Very, like I said, low key, quiet. Just the two of us uh, with our with our animals and lots of Baileys, which I'm continuing to drink and finish off. I got another about half a bottle left in the fridge. That's gonna go probably today, uh, but definitely over the course of today and tomorrow. Um, yeah, I, I hope I hope everybody's Christmas was good. Um, we we tend uh, my family's all in Canada, and my wife's family is all in Portugal, so it can be a logistical nightmare uh, for us to get everybody together, and therefore we generally do the Skype call, like a lot of people do, I'm sure. Um, we do the Skype calls, or we'll do the FaceTime calls, and you know put our put our wishes out that way. Uh, sorry, I'm just lifting my dog up, so I'm, I'm kind of all over the place at the moment. Get comfy, sweetie. Get comfy. Okay. All right. So, um, so yeah, everything was good for, for Christmas, except for literally the moment that we finished opening our gifts and we're cleaning up. Uh, my littlest dog, Samson, who is with me by my side right now, uh, decided to jump off the sofa, and rather than going the easy route onto the pillow, which we put there for him because he's the size of a well, he's smaller than a one liter Coke bottle. Let's put it that way. He's um he's he's the size of a normal woman's clutch purse. I would say. Don't know why I would mention that reference, but uh, but there you go. Um, he's very very small, and instead of going the easy way around, he decided to jump straight on to the piles of boxes and random gifts and seems to have done something to his little back leg. So waiting on a vet appointment now. I'm going to be taking him down tomorrow. Um, but he's been limping around a little bit. So he's got his all feeling a bit bad and feeling a bit sorry for him. So uh, so he's getting lots of cuddles now. And, uh, and hopefully we'll go get him fixed up tomorrow. But that wasn't a great way to start Christmas, especially when I'd, uh, you know, already had quite a few Baileys in me and, you know, I was ready to basically take a nap at seven o'clock in the morning. Um, you know, you get up, you do the presents and then it's drink, be merry and have a sleep, you know, once, once all the food is prepped and, we, you know, did my turkey the night before. So that was all good to go. 
But uh, yeah, never like seeing the little guy. Never like seeing the little guy get hurt because he's um, he's a uh, he's a jackrabbit. He's a he's a psycho. If he was a uh, if he was a human, they would probably have him on the spectrum and probably have him on Ritalin uh, because I think ADHD would be the least of his concerns. But that's how I love him, and that's why I love him. And seeing him now, you know. As a three-legged, you know, he's got a bit of a peg leg, um, and he runs a little bit still because his enthusiasm's still there. But um, but then he'll he'll pull up lame and, and start limping. So I got to pick him up and and carry him around a little bit. But that's fine. We'll get him fixed up and on the mend. So that wasn't a great start to Christmas. But other than that, everything was lovely. Ate uh, ate some edibles. Ate some great food. And generally a relaxing old time. So, first show post-Christmas, we are on the 27th of December today, and just thinking on, you know, what, what's been happening, what's, what's been going on over the Christmas period that's worth talking about, Whew, excuse me, um, you know, chaos as usual, um, <laughs> Elon Musk had us all thinking we were being attacked by aliens, which uh, some people still are. Think it's all call they're calling bullshit on the whole thing, and uh, don't want to look at any science behind it. Just nope, this is alien. This is the government conspiracy. Yes, and I know we've had the F uh, sixteen whatever it was fighter pilot radar footage that's been released, and you know, I don't know. <sighs> I'm pretty sure that there's like a, I don't know what you guys think, but I'm pretty sure that there's probably aliens, probably some sort of intelligent multi-celled life elsewhere in this big thing we call space. I mean, how could there not be? I mean, we've got, look at the characters and look at the creatures we've got going on on our planet that we are only just finding out about. To be, I think it takes a certain amount of naivete and I think it takes a certain amount of straight, egocentric narcissism to think that we would be the only things out there. If you have any concept of the scale of space, uh, why is that just stopped? Uh, sorry, I don't know what just happened. I'm still working out the bugs on this audacity thing. Um, yeah, but if you have any idea or concept of the scale of space, you know, thinking that like, what is it? Like each galaxy, each, uh, what is it? Each solar system or each galaxy has like a billion stars and each star has a billion galaxies or something crazy like that. Anyways, we're pretty insignificant in the grand scheme of things. And to think that we're the only thing that made it is a bit crazy because there's just so many variables out there. And, you know, I don't know where I'm going with this tangent, but I mean, what is the fucking point of wasting time talking to people who think the earth is flat or 
if there is a very scientific reason for why those clouds that Elon Musk's rocket produced were explained, why would you think that that was ET? Or, or why would you think that that was like Independence Day? Like, I just, I don't get it. Like, it's, it's just weird to me. I think we've probably been visited. If I get, it all sounds crazy, right? Because it's all fucking speculative. It's all like, well, if, then this could have, but if not, then definitely not, or maybe because of, or at the end of the day, all we're doing is finding different ways to say, we don't fucking know what the hell is going on, but chances are somebody out there does. We're not being told because we're, you know, the Gentile population couldn't handle it. We'd all freak out, be mass hysteria. Oh my God, the aliens are coming. When I don't actually think that that's true, I think, especially with our attention span now, we'd be like, you know, we'd probably treat it like anything else that comes on the news, you know, be like, oh, that's nice. What else has Donald Trump tweeted? How short are his arms? Why, why does he have to drink water like that? You know, we'd probably just skim over it until they started firing on us or, or, you know, infecting us or kidnapping us in drones or whatever, you know, but best believe they better not come down here with, uh, with benevolent intentions because we're not that type of people. We'll just take you as different, lock you the fuck up and, uh, and all of a sudden it's district nine, you know, fucking chappy, you know. Do you have anything to declare? Yes. I'm an alien. Well, Guantanamo Bay then. You know, they would have to come down here with force because that's the only way we'd pay any attention to them in a, in a way that wasn't completely discriminatory and lock them up. <laughs> you know, just treat them like absolute shit. That, I, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the video footage from that fighter pilot was, was quite intriguing. You know, it was traveling at pace. It was maneuvering what seemed to be quite, quite different, but could have been a drone. Who knows? You know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying that the probability that something else out there has evolved, even not to, the thing is, we always think like, what's it going to look like? Is it going to look like? Is it going to look like Paul, you know, from the Simon Pegg movie? Is it going to be just this, like, short, frail-looking body with a huge head, huge eyes, like, dark glass-ish type of reflective eyes? Like, is it going to be one of them? Is it going to be the atypical alien? Or is it going to be something from, you know, is it going to be Sigourney Weaver's alien? Or is it going to be uh, Independence Day aliens? But, you know, we always have these, like these concepts of, you know, depictions that have been put into the movies that we kind of, you know, base ourselves around. And I just, I started watching that movie Life with um, Jake Gyllenhaal and um, Ryan Reynolds and some other folks. Ryan Reynolds, spoiler alert, Ryan Reynolds gets, uh, gets killed by the baby alien about 20 minutes into the movie. Um and I haven't seen what other kind of havoc it wreaks. But this thing looks like a starfish. A really flexible starfish. And who's to say it won't be that? Or who's to say it will, It would have a physical body at all? 
I don't know, you know, but uh, I don't even know where I was going with this, but with the UFOs, it's just like, what does it matter? If they're so advanced and so capable What are we going to do about it anyways? Whether they want to come down here and be nice to us or, or come here and rape us of our natural resources or just blow us the fuck up. Or maybe they just come by and be like, we're not touching that. Look at those idiots. You know, we'll give it another thousand years, which, you know, to them is like a Sunday afternoon. Maybe they're like, well, fuck it. In a thousand years or beep boop, beep boop. Um, you know, these guys will all be gone. So we'll just come back and clean up what we need. But there's no point interacting with them because they're just making a fucking mess of everything. And, you know, they're going to be gone before they even realize what they could have become. So, you know, who's to say they've even, he even touched down or if they have touched down, who's to say they needed to do it more than once, you know, if they're so advanced or, you know, again, it just goes to the point. We're just just speculating. We don't know shit. We don't know shit. But it makes for interesting news, I suppose. It makes for interesting, uh, I guess, an interesting change from the mundane kind of nine to five life. And I mean, we'll watch anything anyways. Nowadays, all you got to do is check the TV guide for, let's say, TLC's um, lineup of programs, which for those that don't know, the TLC channel was the learning channel. That's what TLC stands for. And now, now it's like, what is it? big world small problems or something where it just follows a family of like dwarfs around or you know I think 16 and pregnant's on there I think you know ugh, fucking all kinds of garbage I mean it's an extension basically an extension of e-entertainment news or e-entertainment channel whatever the fuck you call that stupid channel where you know if it's what is it desperate housewives of fucking Alabama desperate housewives of you know wherever wherever uh but fuck idaho should have their own series because it'd probably be interesting you know my big fat gypsy wedding or whatever it is these shows i mean jesus christ we watch anything these days absolutely anything these days so who knows if we pay any attention to it even if it you know they could be knocking on our door replacing the fucking amazon delivery people and we probably wouldn't notice the way we are um, but anyways, yeah, a bit of a rant on that. I don't, I don't know where I started with that and I don't know what the point of it was, but that's kind of on par with, I guess what we're doing. Um, what else has been going on? Oh, I've watched entirely too many Christmas movies. That's for sure. Um, some gotta go now. Some, yeah, you know, <laughs> can't put up with it just because it's a Christmas movie on Christmas. Like, 
what did I watch the other day? Um, my wife wanted to watch, uh, oh yeah, The Holiday, I think it's called, with, uh, with Kate Winslet and Cameron Diaz and Jack Black and Jude Law. Whew, what a beaut this thing is. What a beaut this thing is. It is, in case you haven't seen it, please allow me to fill you in. It is about two girls suffering from heartache in their own different ways. One's based in England, quiet country England, and one's based in LA, you know, and they both just got to get away from their lives. <clears throat> so randomly at the same time, they happen to find this website, Serendipity, beautiful, and they swap houses. So Cameron Diaz finds herself in a little country cottage in England, and Kate Winslet happens to be talking to this rich media mogul in LA and moves into her mansion. I mean, let alone the fact that Jude Law and Cameron Diaz are terrible, terrible actors. The story's just really, really weak. And it's not a holiday movie. I mean, it is because it takes place around the holidays, but it's just so shit. I mean, there's narration, like it's some commercial. Kate Winslet falls in love with Jack Black. Cameron Diaz is this high-powered exec who falls in love with Jude Law, fucks him on the first night after he comes to this flat, which Kate Winslet's his sister, so great genetics in the family. Not finding that in the country side of England, by the way. Um, and um, Jude Law's got a couple of kids. Of course, he's a great dad. You know, he's a single dad. He's a working dad. He's tying it all together. And he's still got time to get down to Boozer and, and have a bit of fun with his pals. So, of course, Cameron Diaz is going to, like, you know, drop her fucking life and come to England and move to Surrey and, like, live in a cottage. Of course. Anyways. It's fucking terrible. It's fucking terrible. And I can't watch it anymore. Can't watch it anymore. So that's going to get removed from the list. As are a few others. But you know, you got the classics. You got Love Actually. You got The Christmas Carol. You know... The Muppets Christmas Carol with Michael Caine. Fuck me. Um, I mean, the guys who commercialize Christmas have done a phenomenal job. I've listened or heard that Mariah Carey Christmas song about 63 times in the last week. And I'm still singing it. But it's officially over now and I'm done. <laughs> 
And I love Christmas. I love Christmas. We got the stockings over the fireplace here. We got the candles lit. We got the tree up, fired away, beautiful, looking kitschy. We've got the twinkle lights all over, you know, all that good stuff. I love it. I love Christmas. But I think it's like anything else. I think if you try too hard, it loses its luster, right? It's like that party that you're going to go to and you're getting hyped up for it. And you're like, I can't fucking wait. It's going to be amazing. Can't wait, can't wait, can't wait. You get hyped with your friends. You got banter going back on WhatsApp, group text, all that shit. And then you get there and it's just, it's just fucking drinks, you know? And it actually isn't as, as good because you built it up so much. And if you would have just showed up, you would have had a great time anyways. And it probably would have been a fantastic night. But you put it, you overemphasize the meaning of it. And I just think it takes away from it a little bit. Um, and I think I did that a little bit this year. And I think I burnt myself out a little bit with Christmas before it actually arrived. Um, so I think next year I'm just going to go with the flow a little bit more. And, uh, and, not, and not, not try to press it as much. I think I tried to press it a little bit too much this year. Um, and I think we have to make a, I think we have to get some family around the table because that's, that's, that's all it's about, right? That's, that's all it's about. It's about, it's about being with, it's about being with good people. And I have been because my wife is the best person I know. But I think she feels it too. I think we'd like to get our families around the table. So I think that's going to be something that we're going to consciously focus on next year. Anyways, I'm kind of rambling here, guys. But um, I suppose that's what I get for starting the podcast up and having four or five Baileys in me. Tis the season, bitches. Um, what else has been going on? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh Apparently, Brexit means we get a different colored passport, right? So for those of you that haven't listened before, uh, this podcast is shot in London, Southeast London. I'm uh, British by birth, but I grew up in Canada. So I've been back in the UK for about 10 years now. And uh, obviously, we had Brexit uh, the vote to stay or leave, uh, the European Union, and we voted to leave, uh, I didn't, I voted to remain in the EU, because unlike, well, no, I voted to stay in the EU, because there's nothing wrong with the way things are going, there's nothing wrong with the way things are, and I mean, unless you're, unless you're 50, right, unless you're 50 or over, you've never experienced the UK outside of the EU, right? Because I think it was like late 70s or something or uh, early 70s or something like that, that the EU thing was established. I'll have to go back and check, uh, check my facts. Probably should have done it before starting to talk about it. But point being is the people who voted us out of um, the European Union are mainly working class individuals. You know, Middle England, quote, in quotations, type of people. And 
I may have said this on a previous podcast, but I think if you took the vote this, the day after, there was everybody had a Brexit hangover. Everybody had a Brexit hangover. There's very few people that I know. Well, there's very few people, very few people that I know that actually voted to leave the EU. But then of the people that I do know that voted to leave the EU, I would say a good 90% of them would not vote that way now and would not have voted that way by lunchtime the following day. Simply because they didn't know what the hell they were voting for. And they were like, well, you know, similar to kind of the whole Donald Trump phenomenon, we need a change. We can't have the status quo. So we need a change. We're going to vote for that and see what happens. You're welcome. Look what happened. Look what's happening. So I'm not going to go into the rules and regulations of it, but they're very, very kind of like, like, again, the press likes to throw this bullshit out there. Like, oh, you know what? One of the consequences of Brexit's going to be, you can't have a vacuum cleaner that is powerful up to this level. So less powerful vacuum cleaners now. You're welcome. You fucked as Brexit's a massive fuck up. I think Brexit is a fuck up, but not for those reasons, for a whole range of other reasons, Um, you know, one, it was a propaganda, <clears throat> it was a propaganda campaign um, based on lies and, and, and misinformation or, <clears throat> pardon me, a lack of information because nobody was told shit about what was actually going to go on. The main policy or the main talking point, soundbite, whatever you want to call it, that was run on for Brexit was we're going to get all the money back that we pay them and it's going to go to the NHS. Because if you ask anybody in this country what their main concern is... For those living in London, I'd say probably a big thing of is, is is the housing shortage. But I would say across the country, probably the biggest uh, the biggest issue amongst citizens right now that they're concerned about and want resolved or attention paid to is the state of our universal health care system. So apparently we pay something like 350, <clears throat> 350 million pounds a week to the European Union as part of our inclusion into the EU. So obviously, if we're not in the EU anymore, that money was supposed to come back to us. And there were buses going up and down the country basically saying, this 350 million is going to go towards the NHS. It's going to restore the NHS to all its former glory. It's going to be the, you know, the powerhouse healthcare system. It was designed to be, and within hours of the vote being declared that we were that we would be leaving, Nigel Farage was on GMT Good Morning Television or whatever the hell it was, saying, "Oh no, that's not actually going to be the case." So you're fucking lied to. You're given bullshit information, and now you've caused uh, a decision to be passed that. <clears throat> We don't know the ramifications. Nobody does. And that's why it's taken so fucking long to negotiate the release of us from Brexit and all the terms that go along with it. So how do we start on this? Oh, yeah, we started on this because uh, of the passport, because it came out last week, I think it was, that when Brexit happens, we're going to get different colored passports. So right now we have a uh, red kind of burgundy uh, type of color passport. 
very nice, you know. Um, and they're like, oh, <coughs> pardon me. So they're basically saying uh, when Brexit happens, we're all going to get blue passports because it's an identity thing. We want to make, we want to, we want to reclaim our identity like we lost it somewhere along the line or something like that. Like, you know, the most powerful member or second most powerful member, or, you know, whatever uh, within the EU, but we're going to lose our identity based on uh, the color of our passport, right? So it's going to be blue, but who's going to pay for that? You're going to make us pay for that? <clears throat> or are you going to automatically reissue passports in a new color sleeve to everybody that needs a passport that's staying? Who's going to do that? Is that a bill that I have to pick up? No, I didn't fucking ask for that. Leave my passport alone. I just got it renewed. It's good for 10 years. I don't give a fuck what color my sleeve is. Blue. And check it because... If memory serves me correctly, thinking back on seeing my Nenens passport, it wasn't blue before because that's what they're saying, right? They're returning to our our former glory, uh, returning to the identity that we know before the European Union. But I'm pretty sure they were black. I don't think they were blue. Somebody check on that. Um, and let me know if I fucked up, but I think they were black. Anyways, it's retarded. And I, I mean, what are we talking about here? We're talking about passport colors, the color of our fucking passport. If you're giving it to me for free, I don't care. I don't care what color my passport is. It has nothing to do with my identity. It has nothing to do with how I identify myself or my family or anything doesn't matter and it pink with purple polka dots give a fuck give a fuck as long as the documentation between the covers is correct and it lets me go where i want to go that's all i care about i'm not a blue or a red team guy i'm not a you know, I voted a certain way in the Brexit because I thought it would, what would be best for the citizenry of the United Kingdom. But I don't identify as a non-Brexiter or a Brexiter or however you want to define these these terms. I'm just, I'm just me trying to do me. Like, you know, trying to go to work every day, trying to earn some money, try to buy another house, try to get along, you know try to do the best for my family, try to get along with my coworkers, try to be a sensible, healthy individual. I don't give a fuck what color my passport is and neither should anybody else because it's tantamount to nothing. It means sweet fuck all, except like a form of segregation. You know, it's like you belong to that group, the blue passport groups over there. You were a part of the red burgundy passports, which the whole of the EU is, or whatever. I don't even know. I don't even know if like somebody else's pass. I don't like, like I said, I don't give a fuck. But it's got nothing to do with my identity. It's got nothing to do with anything that means anything to me. It has no significance what color my passport is. Yet, this is one of the things that you put in 
as a as a point of like contention or something that you want to action, like it fucking means anything. If you're paying for them, go ahead and do it. Send me one out. But do not ask me to fucking reapply, fill in an application, go through a spec sheet, pay a fee, mail it off, wait for my shit to come back, delay my travel, any of this bullshit. This is on you. You fucking decided to do this, Theresa May government that's currently in. So get it sorted. If it's something you want, you should be doing it now and you should be issuing them proactively. There should be no cost to any citizen for getting a new colored passport reissued if, in fact, that's what you're planning on doing and if, in fact, you're going with blue and not black like they originally were. I like my red passport. It actually looks quite nice if I'm going, you know, on a purely aesthetic basis, but I don't give a fuck. If the information between the sheets is correct, I'm good to go. It could be in a manila envelope. I don't give a fuck. Stapled together, I don't give a shit. As long as it lets me get into the countries I want to and back into the country I'm from, that's all I care about. This is on you fucking guys. Anyways, these are the menialities that we're dealing with. We're dealing with conspiracy theorists who think Elon Musk's fucking satellite launch is an alien. We're dealing with a decent level of incompetency across the board in politics overall. You know, you've got the tax bill now that's just been passed in the states that some economists believe is going to add something like $1.5 trillion? I think that was the figure that I saw. To the overall debt. And I think, again, I think I touched on this in a previous episode. Um, but this is like a corporate hand wash, right? This is like a backhanded deal that's effectively saying, listen, we're going to give you guys all these breaks on corporation tax and, and all of this shit. So you hopefully will bring your business back here to America and we're going to give the citizens a tax cut but that one's going to be temporary right so you're paying less taxes across the board into the system yet the offset of production of goods and services is going to be so much that it's going to counterbalance that or start to eat into the deficit and the debt. I mean, I, I don't, I don't get it. I'm not an economist, but it sounds fucked up to me. It sounds fucked up to me. Um, and again, any, any, you know, any kind of details on that you guys can provide would be, would be fantastic. Love to hear from you on that. But, um, you know, at this point with, with Trump, I mean, he's just so illegitimate in terms of, the skill set that he has to run the country, to be an ambassador, to be a commander in chief, to be to be a leader on a global scale, to be an influence on on a, on a global scale, it's just a fucking joke. 
I mean, he is a joke. I mean, you know, he's shitting on the FBI over Christmas and doesn't give them any sort of um, doesn't give them any sort of credit for this uh, for this terrorist. Uh, plot that was diverted or stopped by the FBI in California. Apparently some ISIS-inspired uh, bomb. Uh, was, some guy was trying to blow up a fucking pier in California or something like that. FBI got him, stopped it, psh, done, not a word. All you hear from Trump on Twitter is blah, 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 make America great again, blah, 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 fake news, blah, 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 blah. I'm the fucking man. I swear to God, I saw a meme online today. It said if you had five minutes on the phone with with uh, with this guy and it was a picture of Trump, what would you say to him? And I was thinking about it. I'm like, what would I say to him? Like, what what would I actually say to him in this scenario? And I don't. I I become like at a loss for words because I hate him. I think he's. I think he's a. I think he's such a piece of shit that I would almost want to like invite him somewhere to fuck him up. You know? He just he stinks to me like a guy who has never been in a fight before. And really doesn't know what it feels like to get smacked around. There's something very humbling about being in a fight. Whether it's a street fight in school or in an organized fight in a ring, both of which I've had the, the pleasure of being a part of on the winning and the losing end. And you know, it, it humbles you. But you see these spoilt brats, bullies, who have effectively been spoon-fed. Spoon-fed their, their position in life. Because let's be honest, sure, Trump made a shit ton of cash by lying and finagling and you know, levying his, leveraging his brand, like, again, he's, he's like a fake it, make it, a fake it till you make it guy, right? Because ask any of the property moguls, any of the real estate developers in New York, and this guy is a fucking joke. They laugh at the sound of Donald Trump because they know him. They know he's a pussy. They know he's a fucking, they know he's a little maggot. And... He's just, he seems to be somewhat Teflon. It seems like things seem to slide off him. And he doesn't have a realistic viewpoint on anything. I've never heard him say something that is actually level-headed. That's actually considered and thought out and like emotionally... That carries like any emotional weight. I mean, all you have to do is look at some of the transcripts 
of his speeches and you can see the lack of like the lack of vocabulary that he has he has zero economy of words i mean he uses about 15 words no matter what the subject matter is i mean you hear these stories coming out of the white house where you have to highlight and and, and include his name <clears throat> like every three sentences so that he just pays attention i mean the guy's a douchebag the guy's a fucking i mean whatever he's done he's been able to kind of rise up right he's got a mail order bride great you know for a 40 year old who's had her face filled with plastic she looks all right but not my cup of tea um she's a mail order bride she's an eastern european mail order bride and a high class one, right? She was just in those circles, whatever. She was a model. I mean, all you got to do is Google her. And you can, you know, you can see her, her nude photos wherever you want. <clears throat> They're not hard to find. I personally haven't seen them yet, but um, that's just because I'm simply not interested in in looking at that. You know, doesn't doesn't do anything for me. Um, but this is a gold digger that he's married to. You know, and I actually feel sorry for her, but. If I had five minutes or if I got to have a phone call with this guy, I would invite him. I'd invite him to the gym. He wouldn't accept because he's got this theory that exercise will kill you uh, because you've only got a certain amount of heartbeats. And of course, you've only got a certain amount of heartbeats because we don't live an infinite life. Fucking moron. But I mean, look at this guy. He's fat. His hair is horrible. He looks like shit all the time. I don't know how he maintains the schedule he does, probably because he fucking does nothing. I mean, it came out yesterday that he spent something like 111 days in the first year at his own properties, effectively vacationing. You know, I mean, Jesus Christ. Anyways, I mean, the guy's a narcissist. Um, and he's he's doing nothing good for the country. He's dividing the country. He's segregating the country. He is, he is damaging the country, whether it be, you know, rolling back regulations or, you know, um, for, for the industrial community to build and develop, um, whether it be for the mining and the, you know, those industrial kind of sectors and things like that to the, you know, that the, basically the disbandment of the Environmental Protection Agency to the reduction of the public lands. I mean, this guy doesn't believe in climate change, praises, oh my God, praising, just, re <clears throat> just reminded me of it. If you guys haven't seen it, you have to Google Mike Pence praises Donald Trump and it's like a video from just before Christmas <clears throat> it's basically three minutes of Mike Pence kneeling down lifting the shaft of Donald Trump's cock and putting both of his balls into his mouth both of Donald Trump's balls into Mike Pence's mouth and he's juggling his nutsack for about three minutes 
Oh, Mr. President, I just want to take this opportunity to say thank you so much for all the great work you're doing and everything that you've done to bring the prosperity back to America. We're having records here, and this is the best ever. And I mean, it's it's fucking gross. It's disgusting. You got to listen to it. This is how you stay in Trump's good books. You have to be subservient and dick ride him to the cows come home. If you criticize him, you're out, right? If you put any resistance up, you're out. Donald Trump, let me be very, very clear on this. Donald Trump is not interested in a democracy at all. He is interested in running America the way he's run his organizations, which of many of have gone bankrupt, by the way, where he is the only one in charge. Everybody has to answer to him and he doesn't have to answer to anybody. That's how Donald Trump wants to run the country. You can see it in some of the statements he's made. Why do I have to, why do I have to listen to this uh, regulation or why do I have to adhere to this uh, judicial um, decision? You know, when they're, when the courts like roll back his Muslim ban and his immigration ban and, you know, things like this, when they say, no, we're not going to do it. Or when he tries to say transgenders are not welcome in the military. And basically the courts say, well, you can actually go fuck yourself because you don't make those decisions. He's like, you know, it's like, why do I have to go through this? Why are they doing this to me? He wants complete power. He wants a consolidation of power. Don't get it twisted. If you said to Donald Trump tomorrow, we're going to remove all things that you have to currently go through in terms of a checklist to get decisions made, would you like us to get rid of those things? You could probably, you could bank on the fact that you wouldn't even be able to finish a sentence before he was signing it or saying, yes, please. He doesn't want to answer to anybody. He wants everybody to answer to him. He wants this to be an absolute monopoly of power where he can make decisions that benefit him, him alone, and a small circle of people that he thinks he can either benefit from or owes favors to. That's it. And he's got little fucking arms and tiny fucking hands. You see the way this idiot drinks water? I know it's a moot point and it's kind of a juvenile point to make, but it just, for me, it rounds out the personality. All the legislative shit that he does, all the garbage that he does from a legislative point of view, that's that's all one thing. This rounds it out. When I see this prick grab a cup of water with two hands, basically his index finger and his thumb, and then bring the cup to him like he's got four-inch arms, no forearms, and he's all, you know, kind of elbows straight to wrists, straight to hands, and he tips it up and, like, throws his head back. I mean, is he an alien? <laughs> I mean, is, is, is he an alien? Because he knows none of the social parameters that human beings adhere to. You know, like manners, uh, like considered critical thinking, um, like kindness and compassion. Um, I don't know. He doesn't have any of them. He's a fucking, oh God, but he's hilarious. I'll give you that. He, he's got some real, real funny, funny things that he talks about. And the way he talks about people. But at the end of the day, he's a misogynist, he's a racist, and he's a fucking bully. And going back to my original point, I would ask him to come down to the gym for me. 
to, to come down to the gym with me. And the reason I would do that is so I could smack the fucking shit out of him. Because I think a guy like that needs to be put in his place physically. And I'm not talking about beating this guy with a bat and like, you know, properly assaulting him. Smacking him around. Letting him know that he has certain physical capabilities where if he wasn't protected by... I mean, what are they spent on him now? Like something like 90 million in protective services um, over the first year. And that's simply escalated by the amount that he travels. But point being, he's never felt real pain. He's never felt anguish and helplessness and the fact that everything that he thought was in his control is not in his control. Right. And this is a big dude. He's like six, three, you know, he probably weighs, you know, close to 400 pounds of fat bastard. Um, but this is a man who's never had, you know, he's never been in that position where it's like the guy looking across from him could end everything, could just do what they like with him. And I'm not claiming to be any sort of a tough guy or anything like that. But put me in a room with Donald Trump or in a boxing ring with Donald Trump. Whew, and that's going to be a good time for me. That's going to be a good time for me. That's going to be a terrible time for him because he'll be shitting cheeseburgers and have fucking Diet Coke coming out of his nose within about 45 seconds because the man's never done a, a bit of cardio in his entire life. He's never lifted a fucking weight in his life. He's never done any real exercise in his life. He didn't even go into the military. I think he, uh, I think he got, he got a sick note, uh, for having a fucking hangnail or something like that. So if I could have a phone call with him, it would be to extend an invitation to come down and let's physically spar. I'm happy to verbally spar as well for sure all day long but let's physically spar let's see how you feel when you're really uncomfortable let's see how you react when you're really uncomfortable because you can barely make it through reporters pressing you on questions i wonder what would happen if you took a body shot to the kidneys it'd be interesting it'd be interesting anyways i'm probably going on a list for that rant right there. Um, <laughs> yeah, what else is going on? What else is going on? Oh, God. We got some... Have you guys... I don't know if this has come across any of your spectrums, any of your lives uh, up to this point, but... There seems to be, there's, there seems to be a little bit of a, of a movement towards men. Um, obviously, I notice it from the male point of view because men, um, dudes using wet wipes. at work openly like without any shame now 
I've always kept like having a shit at work discreet. Call me crazy. Um, you might have a bit of banter here and there with some of the boys in the office or whatever, but generally, generally I keep the shitting, uh, or at least the habits around my shitting discreet. Like, is that weird to not talk about it every time I'm going to have a shit or the consistency or what's going on or, you know, how I'm feeling about it. Like, oh, I keep that shit to myself. No pun intended, or I guess some pun intended. Um, but what I've noticed is there's a growing, a growing interest by people, men, not people, men is, is where I'm getting this experience from, that they no longer, some do it, <laughs> some do it sporadically, some do it religiously. They have wet wipes. Yeah, like like wet wipes. And they take those to the shitter with them. So they'll take those to the toilet and they won't use a toilet paper. They'll use these wipes. Now, got to admit, I got a packet of them at home and I use it sparingly. You know, TP's TP. You know, we went from the leaves to the TP. Maybe there was something in between there, some pyrus, uh, pyrus paper or something. I don't know. Um, but, but it's still a toilet paper. Um, but I have to say, finishing it off with a wet wipe is nice and refreshing. But I'm not doing that at work. And there seems to be a growing, at least in my business, at least where I work, there seems to be a growing number of guys who exclusively use wet wipes to clean their ass. Hey, 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 hey. Um, you got a delicate booty? What's, what's the deal? Because I could understand if they were serving us only sandpaper to use in the stalls and the gents, but it's, it's actually all right. However, there is a growing number. There's four guys on my team that exclusively use wet wipes. If they don't have wet wipes, they'll go and buy some before they go to the toilet. They refuse to use the toilet paper. And I don't get it. I mean, I do get it because it's nice to finish with. But I'm not going to rely solely on having wet wipes at my disposal before I can drop a deuce. And I tend not to do that at work anyways, unless it's, you know, unavoidable. Um, but yeah, it's just something that I, that kind of came to mind because I, I, I remembered it. Um, I remembered it and, and I, I saw my wet wipes earlier before I started the podcast and I was like, I gotta bring this up. I gotta find out how big of a thing this is. Um, so I'd love to hear from you guys um, in terms of, any of your experiences with this? Are you in favor of this? Are you are you on board to switch this behavior from you know traditional toilet paper to dispensing wet wipes in public toilets or at work or carrying them with you or you know whatever it may be? Is this something you guys are a fan of or you know are these guys that I've experienced doing this are they 
are they innovators or are they fucking weirdos? Because like I said, I think finishing it off, finishing off a deuce with a wet wipe is a beautiful thing. But not the whole process. I can't use it exclusively. You understand? I can't use it exclusively. So anyways, I'd love to hear on <laughs> uh, your thoughts on that because um, it, it adds a nice refreshing finisher to it. Uh, but I don't think it's something that it doesn't seem economical. Or maybe it's more economical because you're only using like one or two of those those wipes at a time. Whereas, you know, with the with the paper, you're 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 taking a, a ball of it and, and going to town that way. And, you know, one thing for sure is if you finish with it, you're going to be cleaner. hundred percent, hundred percent. So from from that perspective, I'm all in favor of it. And it's a little freshy, freshy finish there. You know what I mean? So um, anyways, let me know on that. Let me know. I'm, I'm very curious about how widespread this thing is. Um who knows? Maybe the baby wipe or the uh, the men's butt wipe rebranded um, is a uh, is a potentially lucrative business to get into. I don't know, um, but I'd be keen to hear from you guys on it and uh, and find out what you guys are saying on that note. Oh, come here, Keeks. Jump up, Bubba. Jump up. I'm gonna have to readjust you. Oh, sorry, sweetie. Oh, you sleeping? Okay. Okay. Go back up. Go back up. There you go. Oh, okay. All right, sorry, Bubba. I oh, know you're not a morning person, even though it's half past twelve in the afternoon, and uh, you don't do shit. Um, what else is going on? What else? We're almost done, guys. I'm gonna wrap this up in a minute. We've been going just about an hour, um, and that's generally kind of where we want to be at with things. Um, so, you know, we covered a few things today, and uh, and it's good. I'm gonna try to do probably one more of these uh, before the new year. I want to find out what you guys are are up to for New Year's, um, and again, I'm trying to be somewhat non-specific with these, right, because I'm probably going to release all these in the new year, um, and if they're, you know, if they're specific around a time, um, a time of year or the holidays like we've been doing now, or if they're topical, which all of our episodes are going to be around kind of what's going on, you know, by the time they come out, they're going to be out of date, but Hopefully, they're still going to engage in some sort of a conversation with you guys. Hopefully, they're going to still kind of, um, you know, kind of trigger you to engage with us and ask some questions and do all of that thing, right? But um, where are we going to finish? We're going to finish today. We got we got the UFC coming up uh, this weekend, um, and that's going to be main event: Holly Holm, Chris Cyborg. Uh, and then we've also got Edson Barbosa and we've got Holly Holm, which are two really good fights. Uh, the uh, title fight between Holly Holm and Chris Cyborg should be a banger. Uh, you know, Chris Cyborg, best female fighter pound for pound ever, in my opinion. Uh just a, an absolute savage, you know, she's so dominant on her feet that people forget how good she is on the ground, but she's an absolute animal on the ground as well. Good thing that Ronda Rousey retired before Chris Cyborg ended up getting her hands on her because I think that would have been, <clears throat> there would have been some need for facial reconstructive surgery if uh, Cyborg would have got her hands on, on Ronda Rousey. 
um, because I think the discrepancy there in the skill set is just absolutely night and day. Now, Holly Holm coming into this fight, phenomenal stand-up fighter um, with Cyborg's aggressive nature, although she's been a bit more technical in her last couple of fights, a bit more methodical, feeling out, not going for the, you know, for the absolute bull in a china shop, fucking only going forward type of style. She's been a little bit more methodical, but she's still an aggressive, um, an aggressive fighter. And if you remember the Holly Holm, <clears throat> the, uh, the Holly Holm Ronda fight, that's why Holly Holm had such success because she's a counter puncher and, she really took advantage of, of Ronda coming forward, all guns blazing. Now, Cyborg's not going to do that. She's much smarter than that. And the thing to also remember from Holly Holmes' point of view is that she, how well she was doing against Misha Tate when Misha Tate um, took the title from her because she was doing phenomenal, winning that fight. And then it took like, what, half of the last round or not even? for Misha to just go gangbusters, last bit of energy in her gas tank, take her back <clears throat> and choke her out, right? Famously, we remember uh, Holly Holm punching the air because she's a fucking savage and she wasn't tapping out. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's going to be a question of, of strategy here. If it stays on the feet, very, very interesting fight. Very interesting fight because Holly Holm's such a decorated striker. And, well, we know what Cyborg does. If you've seen Cyborg fight, if you've seen Cyborg train with dudes that are bigger than her, um, you know what kind of battle you're in for there. Um, the interesting bit is whether or not Holly's really improved her jiu-jitsu and her ground game because she looked terrible uh, and really vulnerable there um, in the Misha fight. And, you know, albeit Misha's a great grappler, I don't think she holds a candle to uh, Cyborg um, in terms of her ability to do it, uh, to, 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 to grapple effectively. So it'll be interesting to see how Cyborg approaches this fight and how, um, how Holly... Uh, reacts to that strategy but either way going to be a great fight for the title um my money is <sighs> see you start a statement like that and you have to now i have to now make a call what i will say is if holly home beats cyborg i think she's the best female mma fighter in history Yeah. I already think that Cyborg is pound for pound the best female fighter that we've ever had in women's mixed martial arts. But I think Holly Holm's resume will be more impressive if she beats Cyborg. So that's going to be really, really interesting. Co-main event is Edson Barbosa and... Um, and Khabib Nurmagomedov. Now, anybody that is an MMA enthusiast, and I am, and if you're not, you probably should have switched the uh, switched the podcast off about ten minutes ago. Uh, but if you are, then you'll be familiar with both of these gentlemen, and I'm super excited about this fight because I think it's so intriguing, right? Um, and I'll tell you why. You've got You've got guys that are on a spectrum in terms of their skill set. And 
what I mean by that is if I was to put that spectrum as <clears throat> on one end striking and on one end grappling, you've got opponents here who have really high marks in one of those and medium to low marks in the other. So let me explain what I mean, right? So if you take Edson Barbosa on a, on a spectrum of striking to uh, grappling, Edson Barbosa is going to be all the way over on the striking side of things. If you take Khabib Nurmagomedov, he's going to be all the way over on that spectrum on the grappling side of it, right? Think about it. <clears throat> Edson Barbosa, fastest leg kicks we've ever seen, most devastating leg kicks probably ever. I think the only guy ever to have um, more than one stoppage via leg kicks. And obviously, he's got the spinning... Uh, uh, spinning heel kick uh, that he knocked Terry Adam out cold into next year with. Um, I mean, his leg kicks and his striking are are next level. They are just phenomenal. Now, we don't know about his wrestling because he's never really done it. Uh, never really needed to. He's been predominantly faced with stand-up strikers um, or he's negated any of the takedowns and made it a stand-up contest. Whereas... Khabib is completely the opposite. We saw him get, you know, kind of lit up a little bit by Michael Johnson before he took him down and absolutely ragdolled him and basically told him while he had a hold of his wrists and he was smashing him in the face to give up because he didn't want to keep hitting him in the mouth and he didn't want to keep hitting him in the face. Um, Khabib is a... For those that don't know his background, he is a combat Sambo specialist. And Sambo is like, well, it's like kind of like jujitsu. It's like combat jujitsu uh, with a gi top on, right? It's like, it's it's just savage. It's savage. But it's based a lot around uh, judo, um, wrestling, that sort of thing. And Khabib is just... Uh, a next level wrestler. He, you know, he, he wrestles bears and shit. He's from Dagestan who are, you know, like they're a different kind of human. They're, they're, they're just a, a hardy type of individual. They're just, you know, from struggling, cold, rough climates and they're savages. But 155 is a motherfucker for Khabib. He's missed weight twice. The last time almost killed him. And that's not managing the weight cuts right. You know, that's getting a little bit older. That's his background in wrestling where it's had to, you know, he's had to cut weight since his teenage years. And that shit affects you, you know. So it becomes harder and harder the older you get, the harder it is to lose those extra pounds and to get down that cut and to suck that weight like you might have been able to do a couple, two, three years ago. So what version of... Khabib is going to come in this Saturday night against Edson. We know what Edson's going to bring. 100%. Cardio's going to be there. Striking's going to be there. It's going to be kicks. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be pressure. It's going to be momentum. It's going to be all of that. We know what Khabib's game plan will be. It will be to close a distance with, you know, some strikes or some, you know, some, some pseudo strikes, you know, and get in close, get the double or the single leg, take him down, mash him up, and just beat the shit out of him, basically, until he can't move anymore, until he can't, or until he's unconscious. That's what Khabib's going to try to do, but 
what kind of Khabib is going to come into the fight. Will he be depleted? What kind of weight cuts he having? You know, what's his nutrition like this time around? Has he fixed those problems that caused him those issues in the past? And will he come in a full strength Khabib? I mean, I don't think we've ever seen a full strength Khabib because I don't think 155 is actually his natural weight class. I think 170 is his weight class. And I think just like Junior Dos Santos, or not Junior Dos Santos, uh, Rafael uh, RDA, Rafael Dos Anjos, I think we're going to see him go up to 170 very, very soon. And I think you're going to see a whole new revitalized Khabib. And I think he'll probably win the title at 170 in the next kind of probably 12 to 18 months. But really interesting fight. Um, I don't know who else is on the card. Uh, I mean, if I if I knew, I would talk about it, but I don't think there's anybody even uh, really worth talking about. But we're going to have a look really quick for you guys. Uh, two, 219 is going to be the card. Um, there you go. Khabib Nurmagomedov, nutritionist, provides promising weight cut days out from 219. So they're putting it in the press that things are going well, but... We will see. Um, so who have we talked about? We've talked about the main event. We've talked about the co-main event. Uh, let's have a little look at the rest of the roster for that card. And then we're going to get out of here, guys, and we're going to uh, we're gonna sign off from episode four. Uh, right. So who do we got? We've got Khabib. We've done. Oh, shit. Jimmy Rivera, John Lineker. That fight is not happening. So moving on. Cynthia Calvillo and Carla Esparza, couple, couple nice uh, female fighters here. Um, big fan of Cynthia. Um, I think she's kind of got star power if they nurture her right, um, and she keeps winning. She could be, uh, she could be on some posters. You know, she looks good. She's a good fighter. Um, Carla Esparza, good cookie monster, but she's too little, um, and I just think. I think the game's passing her by. I mean, if she gets a predominant striker who's not very good at wrestling, which is few and far between nowadays, then she's got a real advantage of it. But anybody that's got a significant reach on her is going to just jab her up all day. It's a pretty um, straightforward game plan there. Uh, then we got Carlos Condit and Neil Magny. So that'll be good. That'll be a nice, uh, should be a nice striking battle there. Magny, the gazelle, you know, he's got cardio for days. Um, he got roughed up uh who was it? Someone fucked him up not too long ago. Um, but, you know, Neil Magny's always good for a game. And obviously Cond uh, Condit um, is, a, is a savage. And, you know, looking for, I think, a bit of a resurgence here. Um, he said in the past that he just wants big, big fights. But, you know, he's got Magny and he's fifth down on the main card. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, should be a really good fight. Always love watching those guys fight. Uh, then we've got Khalil Roundtree and Michael Olex Jisnik, Poland. Don't know. Mm, seven and two versus twelve and two. Light heavyweight should be a banger. That's good. Um, Dan Hooker and Mark Diakese. Not too much to say about that. Um, that's a one fifty five. That's a lightweighter. So. Uh, Diakese is quite exciting. Uh, Twelve and one prospect uh, should be good from the Congo. Um, and then you've got Miles Jury fighting Rick Glenn, and then you've got Smolka Nikolau, and then we're going down the list. Um, I don't know if Tim Elliott's still fighting, but he's always up for a good fight. Took Demetrius Johnson into 
like, like I won't, won't say hot water, but we'll call it warm water. Uh, you know, gave him a couple of, bit of bits of uh, fits of trouble there, uh, but nothing, you know, nothing that uh, that DJ couldn't handle like everybody else that comes in front of him. And that's kind of the card, really. I mean, you know, call me a bit biased, but I really couldn't give a shit about this card other than the top two, two three fights. Um, but now that Jimmy Rivera is out, uh, or I should say John Lineker's out against Jimmy Rivera, I really only care about the main and co-main event on this one. So, uh, you know, I'm sure it'll be a good card, but, you know, again, marquee matchups. We're looking at the end of the end of the year. This is uh, this is Sunday, the 31st. This is a New Year's Eve um, event, and I thought they would have came with a little bit more than this, but... They're probably putting everything into that 220, which is Stipe and Nganu and Cormier and Ozdemir. And who knows if that fight's going to happen because we just read today that Ozdemir is like he beat the shit out of some guy in a bar, which is fucking really smart. Um, and they're pursuing felony charges on him. So whether or not that fight's even going to go down, who knows? I still see it being a really, really tough fight for him against Cormier if it does happen because let's not forget the only person that Cormier has ever lost to in his entire MMA career is John Jones and he's been and he's been fucked both times because John Jones is a fucking drug addict cheater and has wasted the most gifted skill set that we've ever seen in mixed martial arts so anybody that goes in there against Cormier is going to have a rough time I mean nobody's taken the shots from from Rumble Johnson that 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 um, that, that Cormier took and you know what? I fucking love Cormier. He's just a salt of the earth guy. He's hilarious. I met him in Sweden. He um, he photobombed um, me and Anik, and uh, it was uh, I just I just I think he's a good guy, and he doesn't get enough credit for what he's doing, being an absolute gentleman and an absolute professional in the sport. So you know, looking forward a little bit to that two twenty. Um, whoever they put in the ring with Cormier is uh, is in for a rough night, and I got a lot of time um, and a lot of respect for Daniel Cormier. I think he's an absolute true pro um, and uh, and a great representative of uh, of MMA. Um, and then obviously you've got Stipe and uh, Nganu, which is you know for the heavyweight title, UFC heavyweight title, and uh, the moniker of the baddest man on the planet. And if you saw Nganu. Um, Basically, Mike Tyson's punch out Alistair Overeem into, I don't know, he basically back to the future to him. He sent him into the future, like, in a, in a way that I've never seen before. I thought he broke his fucking neck. It was brutal. Um, it's going to be a tough one for Stipe, but Stipe is a seasoned vet, and that's going to be a hell of a fight. It's either going to be a hell of a fight or it's going to be a don't blink um, because it's going to be over in 30 fucking seconds. So we'll see. But first, got to get through 219, which is on New Year's Eve. And, you know, the card is what it is. If you're having some drinks with folks and, you know, it's something to switch on, switch it on. I think it's a... Uh, no, it's, it's definitely a pay-per-view. Um, right? It's a pay-per-view. Uh, so, yeah, UFC 219. So that's going to be a pay-per-view. Um I wouldn't be paying 70 quid for it, that's for sure. Um, catch the highlights the next day. They might be quick enough to put in an Instagram video. You never know. Um, but that's it. We're going to wrap, guys. It's been just over an hour. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. If you do, give us a like. Give us a subscribe. 
and uh, and we'll be back soon with episode five. But uh, but for now, signing off. Um, we'll speak to you guys soon. Take care. All the best. <laughs>